Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, Dreamfesters. Welcome to episode 9 of the Dreamfest podcast. And that happens to be a significant number. Research has led me to find out that most podcasts only last 7 or 8 episodes. So getting this far with more in the can is great news. And a big thank you to everyone who has listened and streamed and downloaded so far. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, But looking at the analytics, I can see listeners from the UK, as you would expect, and Jersey, but also listeners from the US and Australia, Spain, Portugal, Germany, Sweden, and Colombia. Interesting. I quite like to see if I can perhaps tick off some other countries on the map as we go. A good way to do that would be with your help, if you'd like to perhaps recommend to a friend or family member, perhaps in a country other than those I've already mentioned. Not a requirement, obviously. Any publicity is good publicity, or so they say. But aside from word of mouth, you can like this pod, subscribe to this pod, and give us some good feedback on this podcast. And if you're feeling generous, perhaps you'd like to sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. Anyway, on to today's show. My very special guest today is the extraordinary folk aficionado, Catherine Priddy. I had a lovely chat with Catherine just before Christmas, so you might hear some references to Christmas and also references to next year, uh, but rest assured we are talking about this year, 2021. If you're unaware of Catherine's talents, well, stick around to the end and I'll give you some handy links to delve into so you can discover her all for yourself. And I can assure you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, first port to call, actually, would be Catherine's debut EP, Wolf, released in 2018, in which folk legend Richard Thompson called it, and I quote, the best thing he'd heard all year. Praise indeed. Uh, and he likes it so much, he invited her to tour Ireland with him, which she uh, she gladfully did. Uh, Catherine was also due to make her Glastonbury debut in 2020, uh, but as we know, that was postponed. And it's since been pushed back again to 2022, so the people of Worthy Farm are going to have to wait a little bit longer. But she would be worth it with people, I promise you that. If you want to hear more from Catherine on the podcast, as I mentioned, you can sign up to Patreon for some extra chats and some bonus questions, like who is Catherine going to hang out with backstage at her festival, who is she jumping on stage with during her show, uh, as an invited guest, of course, no gate crashing here. And I think that Catherine's probably too classy for that sort of behaviour as well. Or no, maybe not. We'll find out in the podcast. Some of her answers uh, might raise one or two eyebrows. So yeah, go and sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. But we're going to join Catherine now at the Dreamfest offices. And she's going to curate her perfect, her dream festival lineup. Enjoy. <laughs> So I worked it out, is that it's nearly coming up to four years to the day since I first met you. Really? Yeah, because you came and did a little yeah. session at Brum Radio for us. I did. God, that was a long time ago then. Yeah, and I think you just, or you were just about to move back from Brighton. <laughs> yeah, so that's really when I just decided to take music seriously. Yeah. So what we, what, so you were studying, were you at Brighton University? That's right. I was at Sussex Uni, oh, Sussex, yeah. yeah. So, so living in Brighton and then I worked down there for a couple of years as well. And then I thought I'm having far too much fun down here and I'm not really getting much done. Ah. So I thought I'd better move back to Birmingham and I thought I'd give music a go because I'd already, I'd always played, but I'd always been studying and stuff. So I kind of thought, right, if I come back to Birmingham and I'll record something and I'll give it a good shot and see what happens. 
Yeah. Now here I am, still doing music. Oh, so. I'm glad you did it. Yeah, and me. So you were, were you performing down there? Were you doing gigs down there? or I did the odd gig and I did a bit of busking as well. Mm. But I suppose up until then, my gigs had always been quite far and few between. Few and far between. Yeah. Far and few between? You can say either way, I think. Either way. Yeah, they'd always been kind of occasional. So it wasn't really until until moving back to Birmingham that I thought, oh, I'm going to really kind of give this a good crack, record something, mm. put something out there and just see what happens. So. You were studying uh, English, right? English literature, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots and lots of books yeah did you uh, I mean did you find that sort of encouraged you to start writing more or did English literature studying it did it just put you off uh no I couldn't read a lot after I after I finished my degree it was a while before I picked up picked up another book but actually I think it really it inspired quite a lot of my writing like Wolf the single from the first EP is inspired by Wuthering Heights which is one of mm. my favorite books and I definitely kind of I jot down sentences and words and images from books that I really like and then try and kind of weave them into songs sometimes. So it does help. So it didn't put you off uh, reading for good then? No, I'm back on it now. But it's, now it's, it was. it's very nice to just read for pleasure and just read for stories now rather than having to read really challenging novels. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm enjoying just of, reading fun ones. Yeah, a friend of mine, he's a guest on this podcast actually, he's um, he's just about to release his first, day, his first novel. Oh, really? Yeah, he studied English, um, but he said it's... Uh, basically put him off reading really? which is um not great for an author <laughs> no it is tough i think i think that's, that's the same with a lot of things if it becomes your job or it becomes your work i think it's it can ruin it for you i hope yeah. that doesn't happen with music for me no i, I don't, don't think, think it I, will yeah because well no one's going to tell you what to do like when uh, to sing and what to sing are they and i have so much fun with it so i don't think it will ever get like that so 2020 was basically going to be a busy busy year for yourself yeah, that was the idea. Um, yeah, it was the idea. So you had an album planned, you had a couple of tours planned, no. Glastonbury. No. Which I, I feel your guttedness yeah. for. Because that's oh, such a big gig so for any, any musician. Yeah, I know, and it was the acoustic stage. I've, I've been to Glastonbury once before to work, mm. and I was so excited to be on such a kind of, it's a big old stage that, and I was just really looking forward to having a, a week. I had a whole festival summer planned out. I had a couple of tours, like you said. I was hoping to maybe get an album out. And unfortunately, I think people, maybe people who don't do music don't realise how much work goes into planning for these things. Mm. Basically, for the last two years, we've been kind of trying to build up a plan and get everything in place. And it was all coming together really nicely for 2020, which is what we'd aimed for. Which <laughs> is just unfortunate. But it's fine. It is what it is. And I'm just hoping that 2021 will will be a bit better oh yeah we hope so in terms of like Glastonbury and things like tours do you get any guarantee from them that okay well when we when we return you'll be on the bill have they given you that um, sort of guarantee yeah so, so lots of the festivals immediately just moved everybody over to 2021 so that's great if if you know if they do go ahead and if they can still go ahead that's that's great and that was included Glastonbury also said they would but it's just gonna be a matter of waiting and seeing and I feel like if if things are pushed two years, then I'm not sure because they might want to get some fresh new acts in by then. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I might Paul have missed the boat. Yeah, well, Paul McCartney's supposed to be headlining, wasn't he? And he'll be mm-hmm. like 80 by the time the next one comes around. I know, so, I so, know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what people, happens. Yeah, I just hope people can stick around. <laughs> I know. In, I know. in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, but you've, you seem to have kept yourself fairly busy musically and I know a lot of people have had to sort of be more creative now especially putting things online and you've done some collaborations haven't you yeah so that was fun at the at the start of lockdown I started doing a couple of online collaborations mainly just to give myself something to do 
and to stop myself from breaking down completely. <laughs> There's a lot of musicians I know, and we all had, funny enough, we all had really empty diaries suddenly. Um, we're all stuck at home with our guitars, feeling a bit lost. So doing some online collaborations felt like a nice way to stay connected with each other and to actually get to perform with other musicians around the country who I wouldn't necessarily have time to kind of, you know, go and record something with. So that we did a Nick Drake, me and um, John Nice, John Wilkes and Lucas Drinkwater did a couple of Nick Drake covers, which ended up doing really well. And I think one of them got played on the BBC Two Folk Show. And it was just great, but it was more just, it was for us. Like We, we had a really good time doing it. And then it was lovely to see that other people enjoyed it as well. And uh, you did a collaboration with uh, George Boomsmer as well? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Done, done one with him. And we also did a couple of live shows as well together. Um, yeah. Once we were allowed to kind of be in the same vicinity. Yeah, so that was cool. You did some some streaming gigs as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a couple of live live streams, which was a learning curve. <laughs> I've yeah. never been enormously technology uh, savvy, so this year has been a little bit of a, a curve in that respect. But it was it was it, it was different, and it was really nice to be able to connect with an audience. And I was really touched actually by the response and how encouraging of it people were. So yeah. How did you, so was there an actual, could you see people when you were performing? No, so I did mine on Facebook and I could just see the comments. So it was a little bit weird and I found it a bit strange sitting on my own and kind of singing to a webcam. I've never been one to kind of crave applause, but it was a bit weird when it wasn't there. (laughs) You've got to be the first musician who's ever said that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm like, applaud me. No, it's fine. I don't but, need yeah. applause. <laughs> but it was definitely a little bit weird to kind of sing a song and then be met with silence. And then a few seconds later, you see comments appearing going clap, clap, clap. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I endorse this. Yeah, it was, it was odd. And I found it incredibly nerve wracking as well. Yeah. Weirdly. More nerve wracking than a live gig, I think. Um, that's, that's interesting, that is. I mean, whenever I, I, I like a darkened room to play in, okay. so I don't have to see anybody. <laughs> I can imagine that no one's there. <laughs> See, I weirdly, I've, I remember playing a gig once before at the Mac, I think it was, a long time ago, and the lights were so bright on the stage. I actually asked them if they could bring the light up on the audience a little bit because I found singing to a like a black wall, essentially, really um, disconcerting. I prefer to see really? faces. Yeah, it just makes me feel a bit more relaxed when I can actually, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, it's interesting you say that because I can completely see why it would feel better in some ways to be singing to yourself but yeah i find it easier to relax if i can see who i'm singing to oh i don't know know, know no, your I enemy I, I yeah well yeah there's that i suppose yeah I, but no i don't like people gawping oh, okay yeah <laughs> just if everyone maybe could just look look away just don't look at me yeah. <laughs> just turn your back some musicians do that don't they yeah some do or yeah who was the back to the audience who's the guy that used to do it did nick drake used to do that i believe so yeah, yeah. that's what i've heard um, yeah. how true that is i don't know but i think it yeah. is no i think that is true yeah because um, i play in a, a funk and soul band so um mm-hmm. and we all I and mean, we've all got long blonde hair with beards so we don't look nice. like a funk and soul band nice. so the look of confusion on people's faces well, a viking like, metal band i suppose yeah so, i mean we get that all the time people have yeah. left going oh i don't want to watch a rock metal band well, we're not a rock <laughs> metal band don't worry <laughs> it's like no i don't believe you pull out the saxophones <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But um, yeah, so just watching people's confused faces staring back at you can also be disconcerting as well. I can see why you'd say that now. Yeah, I can see that. Indeed. So I was going to ask you about, uh, before we get into the main part of the pod, I was going to ask you a little bit about live music. Um, Now, these are some questions I didn't pre-ask you because uh, I don't want people to think of really cool answers for this. That's fine. Um, So I just wanted to ask you, um, do you remember the first gig you went to? 
Yes. So I could, there's two gigs actually that stick in mind because I think the first gig sit down music concert I ever went to was Hazy Dixie at, uh, you know, is it the Max got the open amphitheater? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was there. I went there with my parents and my brother when I, I was really young then. And so, you know, Hazy Dixie, they kind yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. they do country covers of like metal songs and stuff. So they yeah. were, that was really fun. But then I think my first kind of like real gig experience in the crowd uh, was Gogo Bordello when I was, oh, wow. um, I was, I was quite, again, quite young. It was quite an aggressive audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that was that is still to this day one of the best gigs I've ever been to. I think. So was that um, was that your folks that took you to that then? Yeah, I went there with my dad and my brother, and I remember we just kind of just pogoing in the audience the whole time. Um, wow, it was amazing. Yeah, the energy of of that band. Okay, so you've just you've just got the two coolest opening gigs. <laughs> I did go and see Take That in Cardiff with my mum at oh, one point. Oh, now, I? That now, wasn't my first. <laughs> I've got to be honest on this podcast, Catherine. <laughs> that wasn't my first gig, but I did I did go and see Take That. Where did you see him? <laughs> no regrets. Uh, Cardiff, I went to the... Is it uh, the Mil- um, Millennium, Millennium Stadium? It is Millennium Stadium, I think. Yeah, they did gigs there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? A long time ago. Oh, was it really? Because that's it only be- been It really was. Oh, it was a very been over long time years, ago. Years, isn't it? <laughs> I remember they wore leather trousers at one point. That's stuck in my head. Really? It was, uh, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> See now. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, it's been a long time since anyone's been able, to, been able to actually go to a proper gig. But do you remember the last gig you went to as a punter? Oh, that's tricky. I... Uh... I think last December, or running up to it, I went to see Andy Irvin at the Kitchen Garden Cafe mm. uh, in Birmingham, which was really, really good. But then I, I also played at Celtic Connections in January, which is my last gig, and then we went and watched some bands afterwards. So I suppose that would be possibly my last, yeah, my last live show. Uh, but sadly, yeah, it'd be nice to go and see some some more soon, wouldn't it? Yeah. Any idea who you'd want to just go and see first? Do you think? Once I say, say, right, everything's open again, you can all pile in. Honestly, the first one on the list, this is the first one I could get to. I would, I think I would just go and see, like, because I only live around the corner from the Hare and Hounds and um, Kitchen Garden Cafe. So honestly, I think as soon as the gigs start happening, I just, I'll go and see anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like to go and see some live music and support the venues, really. Yeah, I just need to hear some reverb, please. Yeah. anything i want to yeah i just want to sit in a dark room with a pint yeah. and listen to some music that's all have, i want and have some bass just shake me to my core yeah that is anything. all i want <laughs> um and finally i mean you've sort of touched on this already but what do you remember what's the best gig you've ever been to you mentioned govio bordello already yeah i think that was pretty high up there uh, I, I remember i went to see pendulum uh mm. at the o2 academy when i was a teenager and I don't know if that was the best one, but it was certainly memorable because I think it was on the news the next day for the heat in the room. The room had got so hot that it was kind of verging on not uh, compliant with regulations. Um, <laughs> People were evaporating in was, front of you. <laughs> yeah, but that I remember that gig stuck in my head for just, again, just really, really exciting. Oh, actually, I went to see Foo Fighters in Berlin as well. And that was amazing. Uh. That was probably as well. And he was in um he was leather in pants? his No, no, not leather pants. He was in his throne. It was when he'd broken his leg. Oh right, yeah. So he was doing it all sitting down in his in his throne and that was really cool. Ah, very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um so I was gonna ask you also about sort of when you got into music and when you sort of decided that you wanted to be a musician. Was there any mm-hmm. sort of records at all that's that influenced you in that regard? 
Um, I mean, growing up, I listened to a lot of music. I think, crucially, there was just music on a lot of the time. So, and it was really varied from people like Christy Moore and Andy Irvin and, and kind of like John Renborn, um, all the way through to my dad was a big fan of Frank Zappa and and heavy metal and all that sort of stuff. So I think it was, there was a wide variety. But then when I was younger, I went to see um, Waterson Carthy, fantastic folk group when with my mum. I was probably about eight or nine and I saw Eliza Carthy on stage playing the fiddle. And she was just, she was had a she was a punk basically playing traditional folk music she had all these piercings and she was stomping about and I remember saying to my mum that night that I wanted to be a musician because I was think I was so in awe by I'd never really seen a woman performing like that before on stage um so even though I don't play trad folk I think that was quite a pivotal evening in that respect awesome awesome I heard I did hear on the grapevine that you were a bit of a sleaze rocker girl deep down yes that may come out during oh will it dream festival <laughs> yes it's, i have a real guilty pleasure for for sleaze rock <laughs> now now i don't believe in guilty pleasures not on this show good <laughs> just that's, embrace that's it fortunate. embrace it it's fine <laughs> i do apologize about my background as well i've, I've gone a slightly dystopian i don't know if you can yeah, see that. it does look a little bit and also i've got like a i've got like a magic hand thing going on as well it just appears yeah, I like it when people have um, on the Zoom have got the Zoom backgrounds and then they walk away from their computer briefly and then you see them kind of re-emerge disjointedly through the background. That's from one of my. I might try and change it actually. Yeah. Would you Would you prefer a different one? Oh, it's totally up to you, Pete. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. So, Catherine, you are here, of course, to curate your Dream Festival lineup because yeah. I've arranged this festival um amid covid times although covid doesn't technically exist in this world not um, in my dream festival world indeed and um I, i've set up the staging the lighting everything's <clears throat> all gone to plan food trucks are there wristbands invites have gone out Fantastic. i forgot to book the bands oh no Pete, so, one job i know i know i need so i need your help i need your okay. help to create this for me um so you can select anyone in musical history past or present because we have the help of a handy dandy time machine Oh, well, that's always useful. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, as my esteemed guest, you get to choose the form of your time machine in which to travel and go and handpick your artists. So how would you like to travel? I think some sort of horse-drawn chariot would be great. Yeah, some sort of Greek Greek style flames coming out the back. Oh, Greek style, like okay. A, yeah, like a proper... If I could wear some sort of white toga as well at the same time, that'd be... Boudicca-esque? Yeah, actually, yeah. I just quite like to zoom through time in a in a horse drawn chariot. That'd be great. <laughs> that sounds cool. amazing. No, we haven't had that before. That's great. Good <laughs> horse drawn carriage is Greek styley. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so we we're going to go and travel on that. So as I say, you can pick anyone in musical history, past or present, and they can be artists you've seen before or uh, you never got to see any genre, any lineup whatsoever. So the day before the festival opens, uh, there's a few bars open, so you can have your, your select guests and you can have a few pints. Um, so it's a bit of a late night. Okay. Uh, the next morning the festival starts and there's some music to wake up to. In fact, they're right outside your tent. So who is your wake-up call? Well, I know this could either be a rude awakening to really kind of get the blood flowing or a nice quiet one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't like waking up at festivals when it's like a boil-in-the-bag situation. You're feeling right. rough. So I'd want something quiet. And I think we've already mentioned this chap, but I would pick Nick Drake, I think. Mm. Um because I, like I said, his, I listened to a lot of his music growing up. I've sung some of his music ever since. 
I've got a Nick Drake concert coming up actually next year, but I obviously never got to see him live. And yeah, it's quite a local lad too. Yeah, so Coventry based, wasn't he? Yeah, and I, th- I think um, it would just be really nice to have some nice soft Nick Drake to wake up to. If he could yeah. bring along his string sections as well that would be yeah oh yeah you can do that absolutely yeah um so presumably you go outside your tent and have his back to you (laughs) yeah just be sat on a camping chair with his back to me yeah (laughs) (laughs) is that is that is that nick drake yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that i think that would be a very relaxing way to wake up yeah tell me about the um the 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 nick drake concert you just mentioned yeah i can't remember i think it's in march the end of march next year in stockton on tees it was supposed to be this year and then it got cancelled uh Mm. But it's going to be me. There's also going to be George Bohm's playing, Katie Mack and Luke James Williams as well. Uh, and we're all going to be playing a couple of Nick Drake covers and a couple of our own songs, all kind of collaborating together. Um, and it's just supposed to be kind of a celebration of, of Nick Drake's music that mm. evening. So, so it's going to be live, live in the flesh? It will be in the flesh at the Georgian Theatre. Yeah, which should be fun. It, you know, cool. fingers crossed it can all go ahead anyway. Yeah, well, I'll uh, I'll put a link to tickets in the in the description Thanks, when we're finished. I didn't mean this to be a plug, by the way. I would That's genuinely okay. pick Nick Drake. <laughs> no, you know you, <laughs> you're absolutely fine to plug away, plug away. It's absolutely fine. Okay, so Nick Drake is. Um, oh, any particular songs actually that you'd like to hear? I mean, Riverman's my favourite song, but I think that might be a bit sad for the morning. Mm. Uh, so maybe Pink Moon. That one's yeah. always quite uplifting. I yeah. think we go for that one. Okay. Although it would be very relevant in the. It's a bit no, dusky, northern, isn't it? Yeah, maybe Northern Sky. Perhaps yeah. that's that, that's the one you covered, right? Yes, that is. Yeah, yeah. but that so, one uh, that one's quite uplifting and positive, so I think that's the one we'd go for in the morning. I'm glad I did my research. <laughs> uh, so you've managed to wipe the sleep from your eyes, and you've dropped a couple of painkillers. You've had yourself a hearty breakfast, so the festival is about to start. Great. So who is going to set the tone, put out the festival vibes? Who is opening your show? Well, again, this is the band that we mentioned earlier. I would have Gogo Bordello, I think, <sighs> because I would. I just can't see how anyone could stand still and continue to be hungover and <laughs> prostrate if Gogo Bordello were playing. Yeah. yeah. For people who don't know uh, Gogo Bordello, how would you describe them? Oh, they describe themselves as gypsy punk. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of punk music mixed with some like traditional Balkan sounds. They've, they're from all over the world, the band. Mm. It's very high octane, um, quite aggressive. They've got Eugene Hutz on vocals who's nearly always topless as far as I can tell. And he gets carried around on a drum or across the audience sometimes during, during performances. And it's, yeah, it's, it's all about partying revolution and having a good time and sticking it to the man, I think. And I think that's how all festivals should start. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's a very good shout. Very good shout. Yeah. indeed. Brilliant. Okay. So Google Bordello to open the show. Now we're going to go to our secret guest. So okay. suddenly some flyers are going to appear in the crowd with the promise of an exciting previously unannounced guest set. So yeah. are you going to surprise your audience with? Uh, now, this was a really tricky one. I've, in mm. fact, I found this whole thing very difficult, if I'm honest with you, Pete. I've been spending I, I, a long time thinking about I, this. I hope you had fun thinking about it, though. I did have fun, Good. but I could have just picked so many people. Um, but I think, for me, it would be Scissor Sisters. Um, because... I was torn between three bands, Franz Ferdinand, Kaiser Chiefs, or Scissor Sisters. Okay. Because they were the three CDs that my auntie burned for me, illegally, for my, for my discman <laughs> when I was young. So, and those were the three albums that I used to listen to in the back of the car on repeat. And I think Scissor Sisters, incredibly inappropriate, really, I think, for, for a mm. young lady. But um, I loved their music. And 
I again, they're another band that I really wish I'd I'd seen live. Um, mm. I don't. I don't think they are still gigging. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think um, I think Animatronics doing her own stuff, right? Yeah, um, I think so. I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they reformed at some point. Oh, I, just, I think they're fun, and I've heard mm. that their live performances are pretty wild. So mm. I think that would be my my surprise guest. It would just be incredibly nostalgic for me. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so you're going to keep up the sort of dance vibes then? Yeah, I am at the moment, aren't I? Yeah. I think start the day as you mean to go on. Um, yeah. I'm going to have a bit of a lull around lunchtime, I think. Well, and then... it's uh, it's funny you should <laughs> say that because it is actually lunchtime. Uh, yeah. It's time for to get something to eat because you've been dancing for the last however long, four hours, uh, yeah. and you've worked with a bit of an appetite. So what's, uh, what's your sort of favourite festival grub, would you reckon? What's going to keep you sustained for the rest of the day? Well... I know that at festivals these days, there's a lot of kind of healthy vegan options and a lot of mm-hmm. kind of organic pulse-based things, um, you which that I think way is at great. Uh, well, what I was going to say was, for me at a festival, food is purely fuel. It's there to line your stomach and keep you going. Yeah, you're not the only um, person that said that. So. <laughs> no. So no, as one's much as a, I really... no one's having a three-course dinner at this thing. <laughs> no, so as much as I really enjoy the healthy options that you get at festivals now, what I really want is something deep fried and covered in garlic mayo. Um, so whether it's some sort of chicken wrap, it's like mm. a spicy chicken wrap with garlic mayo, or just a big pizza. I like yeah. the big stone baked pizzas you get at uh, festivals. Mm. But having said that, I when I was at Shambhala uh, a couple of years ago, I had a, like a chickpea um, dal curry thing every morning for breakfast, and actually, nice. it it was very restorative. Um, yeah, it was. I nice. mean, I think chick- chickpeas are like the meat of the vegetable world. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, if if I if I had to choose, it would just be greasy and big. That's what I would pick. <laughs> <laughs> something that's going to keep Lovely. the party going. Indeed. <laughs> well, while you're <laughs> while you're talking tucking into your big greasy meal, yeah, your grease dripping down everywhere, you're mm. making a total mess. <laughs> There's a stage being set up, and someone is about to come and do an acoustic set. So this is your world. This is your realm. So it could mm. be an acoustic artist or a non-acoustic artist doing an acoustic set. So who's going to serenade you while you eat? So I, I don't want anything too wild that's going to get me hopping around while I'm covered in garlic mayo. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm going to go with Lancome for my uh, acoustic set. Tell me about Lancome. Um, so they're an Irish band. They play traditional music traditional folk songs and also some of their own kind of reworkings of traditional songs as well and i saw them described they described themselves as folk on diazepam which i quite liked because it's they use big drones they kind of it's almost it's very traditional but it's it's dark and it's, it's kind of grungy and they create lots of drones and atmospheres and Rady pete uh one of the singers has just got the most stunning voice that kind of floats over the top of it all mm. um they're doing really, really well. I saw them at Mostly Folk a few years ago and they just stole the the weekend for me. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, and their album that came out this year, The Live Long Day, is incredible. It's really different. It is traditional, but it, again, it's almost quite punky. It feels different. Mm. It's quite dark. But yeah, that's what I'd have. Lovely. Okay. Lancome it is. Lancome. Um, next, we come to the local act. Yes. So we like to promote people's local areas. Uh, now you're a Midlands girl now living yeah. in Birmingham full time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we could pick a legendary band, or we could pick an established <clears throat> current band, or an up and coming band. 
um, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that you think might might you know benefits for some festival exposure. So who are you going to choose? And you can't choose yourself, Catherine. No, I won't choose myself. Actually, I don't know if this is cheating, but I'd quite like to to pick a little mashup of some of my local favorite bands. And okay. I'm going to say this because. A couple of years ago, I performed at a Christmas show with Boat to Row. There were some members of Boat to Row and some members of Goodnight Lennon, who mm. are two bands that I am really close friends with and just love everything they do. And also, St. Alto have come onto the scene since. They have. Um, I love Phil's voice. I think he's got a fantastic voice. I think maybe I'd have Phil on vocals singing some songs. Maybe yeah. have Mike King on guitar. Yeah. And then maybe... Goodnight Lennon offering some harmonies, some bass and drums in the background, yeah. I think. I Is that say, allowed? Yeah, it's allowed because um, they can all, they're if they're all collaborating things. together. Yeah. As long as you're not going yeah. along and have them on, then them on, then them on. No, 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 no. It would be a super group, a Birmingham super group. Cool. And then maybe, seeing as it's festive at the moment, I'd have Noddy Holder would, would run on and shout it's Christmas at some point <laughs> as well. <laughs> I think. Excellent. So. Um, well, funny, you mentioned St. Alto. They actually picked you. Uh-huh. Yes, I did hear about this. I think you'll let me know. Yeah, wasn't I going to be backed by Black Sabbath or something? By Tony Iommi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he said maybe Jeff Lynne and pop around as well. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, no, absolutely. If, if that opportunity comes up, I will take that. Yeah, yeah. bite that hand off. <laughs> absolutely. Now we come to the intimate set. Um, so there's a tent that holds around about 30 people, so it's a bit of a squeeze. <clears throat> so who would you like to see up close and personal? A band that I've been getting into a lot recently and I keep telling everyone about um, is Alt-J. Mm. And I've been listening to loads and loads and loads of their stuff. And they're someone I'd, I'd really like to see live. And I think it would be really nice in a kind of intimate venue because they're pre- the way they – I just like the way they write their music, the way they use their lyrics as kind of percussion. Often the imagery is quite – the lyrics don't necessarily make sense, but they use them almost percussively in their songs. And I like the way they layer stuff and a song can start in one key doing certain melody and it moves through different phases throughout a single song. I just think they're really interesting. I really like the way they, they write their music. Yeah. So I'd love to see them live. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think, I suppose, that, that percussive uh, elements of their vocals also sort of makes it for the... Because they don't have a bass player, do they? No, so, and apparently that's because they formed during uni and right. they had to keep the noise down or something. <laughs> I heard some, I've heard something about that anyway. Well, that, I suppose that explains the drummer doesn't have any cymbals either, does he? He's, no. I, I think yeah. they, yeah, it's, I think they're just really clever. I like their songwriting and I think that's a band that I'd really want to see in a, in a small venue so I could see what they were using and how they were making it all happen. Yeah, I like it. Alt-J. There we go. Alt-J. Up close and personal with Alt-J. Yes, please. Okay, Catherine. Right, this is one of my favourite questions now. Mm-hmm. This is the full album performance. So whose yep. album would you like to hear played in its entirety by the person who wrote it? Again, really, really tricky one. I have lots of favourite albums. Mm. But I've opted for I Love You Honey Bear by Father John Misty. Oh, uh, okay. Because I listened to that on repeat for a year my last year of uni, that song yeah. never really left my headphones, uh, that whole album. And I've got to see him live a few times, and he's such a good performer as well. Mm. He's, I just, yeah, I, I love him. I love seeing him live. Was that the album from about three years ago, yeah. four years ago? I think yeah. I bought that on vinyl, actually. I think yeah. I bought it somewhere. Yeah, it was a real grower for me as well. I, I didn't, yeah. the first time I heard it, um, I thought it was a bit weird. 
but then I, it was weirdly addictive at the same time and I kept listening to it and now it's just what I think it's I, I bought it on vinyl as well it's just one of my favorite all-time albums so yeah I'd is love it, to hear him play that is it a double album on vinyl I'm trying to think if it's that one because I remember putting one of his albums on and side D didn't have any music on it <laughs> oh because it because I think basically because of the amount of songs that he had and the way it, it split oh I see there was, there was enough for A B and a C but there was not enough to fill D as well C so I turned oh. over C onto Found D thinking oh let's see this side and it was like he's just leaving you hanging <laughs> I was like that's this doesn't sound <laughs> what great <a> tease <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I I think he's just brilliant I like his lyrics I think they're really clever and I think that whole album is yeah it's a really 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 good album and like I said he's also just such a brilliant performer so. I would quite happily sit and watch him play that album. Great shout. Full. Brilliant shout. Okay, right. The sun is going down. Ooh. Party's about to really begin. Your headline is getting ready, but first, <laughs> someone to get you warmed up. Now, yeah. there's two ways this can go, I feel. You okay. can go with mellow vibes as the sun goes down. And you <laughs> might think about that because you've had quite a lot of energy thus far. Or we're just going to go straight into party mode. Which way are we well, going to go? Look, Pete, like I said, I've eaten a big old greasy meal. I'm full of energy. I am well stocked up and ready to go. Okay. And with that in mind, uh, I have picked Motley Crue oh! <laughs> as my pre-headline warm-up band. I because knew, I, can't, I knew it was there. I can't see how Tommy Lee couldn't get someone warmed up. I feel like they are... No, yeah. no, Catherine. Yeah, I just think great band... <laughs> But I have a. I'd quite like it if um, I want Motley Crue to perform. Yeah. But I'd quite like it if they could wear our leather trousers. Outfits so we back the, to the leather trousers. No, now. no, 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 no. <laughs> I would like it in some way to incorporate the sweet, some glam rock in there. Okay. Um. So I'd almost like the kind of the sleaze and sex appeal of Motley Crue, with the glitter and glam of the sweet. I think right. that's that's what I'd be going for. Yeah. Um. So whether it's, do, do you know the guy from the sweet who goes, we just don't have a clue what to do. I can't remember his name. No. (laughs) I can't remember. Uh, But I'd I'd want him to come on and just do that over the Motley Crue songs every now and then. (laughs) I like these little cameos you've got going on. Yeah. Yeah, Noddy Holder just running on saying, Just running on. I feel, yeah, I mean, they'll be there anyway. It's going to be such a good weekend that everyone will be there anyway, so they might as well come on and do something. I'm going to presume you want the spinning drum kit too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, that goes without saying. Definitely want spinning drum kit. I want the full pyrotechnics. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that would be my dream warm-up band. I haven't put them as headline because I'm aware that it's, I don't know, I feel like it's a slightly silly, <laughs> silly choice. Silly's but, fine. But that is who I'd have, yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, you're going to need some uh, some more grease after that, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Motley Crue have wandered off into the night. Uh, mm-hmm. The drum kit is still spinning. Um, but the headliner... Is about to come on the main attraction to close yeah. your show. Who's yeah. it going to be? I have picked. Perhaps this is a slightly obvious choice, but I have picked Pulp as my. Oh, that's not obvious at all. Attraction. No. Okay. Uh, just because I love Jarvis Cocker, I think I love his oh, dancing. Yeah. I love his vocals, and I just feel like it would be a really good. I've I I've never seen them live. I would love to see them live. But every live performance I've watched, you can just see the crowd having an amazing time with them. So. Mm. I think that would be my dream headline. It's not a very folky headliner, but it's I would not. love to see No, them. I kind of wasn't expecting a folky headliner from you, though. No? Oh, that's no. 
Yeah. Well, no. Well, knowing what I know about you and your yeah. sleeve rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I love. I do love. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's. I found this really difficult because there's so many artists I I could pick depending on my mood. I think. Yeah. But I don't think there's a mood where pulp. I don't enjoy pulp basically. Yeah. Any so. favourite songs that you'd like to hear that you're going to go particularly mental at? Obviously, Common People. Yeah. I think that's that's like my drunken karaoke song. Um, Is it? Yeah. So I definitely like that one. Yeah, I don't know really. Nothing in particular. It's, I just all of it. I just want to want to see them see them play. Yeah, let's open in the year two thousand. I think. Yeah. I'd quite like to go back twenty years to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have been six. Oh, really? So I'm not. I'm not not sure. I do, but I've got a few more uh, years on you then. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant song. Two thousand was great. I was eighteen. Well. It was brilliant. <laughs> I'd love to see him sing underwear live as well because that's one of my favourite songs by them. So yeah. Excellent. That'd okay. be my headline. Right, well, Paul will finish their set. The lights are going down on the stage. Someone mentioned there's a little jam sessioning happening up oh, at, uh, at the campfire on top of the hill. Yeah. So they invite you to go along. You can bring your guitar along with if you like. So when mm-hmm. you get there, there's someone totally unexpected, and they want you to have a little jam. Okay. And you jam with you throughout the night. So who are you going to jam with around the campfire to bring your festival to a close? So I think at this point, I've had Motley Crue, I've had Pulp, I've had Gogo Bordello, mm. and I think I'm looking just – I just want to have a little mellow – mellow evening lie by the fire kind of drift off a little bit um so i think i'm gonna have another local guy black country boy i have scott matthews um because ah. i think his voice is beautiful and i think yeah. it would be really nice by the fire but then if possible i feel like this is a jam so i feel like there'll be other people sitting around the fire right perhaps perhaps yeah. so if possible I'd well have you've got scott a time matthews. machine Catherine, so it's fine <laughs> i'd have scott matthews kind of singing and playing guitar but then I'd like Crosby, Stills and Nash to be offering some harmonies. Ah. Um, yeah, so I think that would be what I would like. I think it would be just beautifully soft and mellow and a nice way to end the evening. Very good. Mm. I like that. That's a wonderful way to end it, I think. So we've, yeah. had, a, we've had a brilliant lineup. We've had Nick Drake, we've had Gogo Bordello, Scissor Sisters, Langton, <laughs> Goodnight Lenin, Boat to Row, St. Alto, Alt J, Father John Misty, Motley Crew, Pulp. <laughs> Scott Matthews backed by Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah. That sounds like a fantastic festival to me. Brilliant. Well, Catherine, thank you very, very much for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Where can people keep up to date with you? Uh, They can keep up to date with me on social media. Uh, I'm just Catherine Pretty across the board on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Or you can head to my website, catherinepretty.co.uk, where you can sign up to my mailing list, which is the best way to beat the algorithms and and make sure that you're always up to date with my my news and releases. Yeah, have you got any? Um, have you got any more of your cool blue vinyl left? I have. I'm down to like the last thirty or forty now. Um, okay. So yes, I do still have some of those available. Um, they're all hand numbered and have a little postcard with oh, them. Are they hand? Oh, what, what number did I get? What number have you got? 173. 173. There, there. there yeah. we go. Out of 400. <laughs> yes. It's not number one though, is it? It's not number one. Did you keep that for yourself? No. Oh, I couldn't possibly say. I couldn't possibly say. What's this? Just leave the leave the mystery. Conspiracy. <laughs> What's going on? Where is got where that? is record number one? <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Yeah. <laughs> Just before you go, actually, what's um? So, what's the plan for next year? Have you got anything concrete at all? Like, I know you were looking at releasing an album this mm-hmm. year or close to this mm-hmm. year. Is there any any further plans on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping that it is going to come out next year. I'm just currently trying to plan how it's going to be released and sorting out. I haven't got any kind of definite dates or anything on that, but I I really want to get it out next year. 
Um, mm. I wanted to get it out this year, so I definitely want to get it out next year. But yeah, I haven't got any concrete dates on that, unfortunately. And then in terms of gigs, there's quite a few festivals that are, you know, like Mosey Folk Festival. I'm pretty sure they're going to go ahead in, in September and a few other gigs and festivals. But obviously it's it's so hard to predict at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I would have thought that by next summer there'll be plans in place to to do some sort of live performance, whether it'll be socially distanced or not. I think I think it will happen. So. Yeah. Well, all the best for 2021. I hope you have a good Christmas, even though Thanks very much. you're on your Todd, but you know. That's oh, right. All the more food for me. Indeed. Fine. Yes. Um, well, uh, please get into your Greek style horse drawn carriage dressed as okay. Boudica yep. and uh, go off to your, <laughs> your dream festival. Thank you so much. Thanks, I'm Kat. looking forward to it. <laughs> we have it that's Catherine pretty there in fine fine form despite facing the prospects of christmas day on her own i did speak briefly to Catherine just after christmas and she said although she spent her christmas day on her own she did have company from boxing downwards just to keep your minds uh, at rest so the holidays ended well for Catherine, thankfully good to know uh, don't forget to get yourself a copy of the cool blue vinyl put out by Catherine from her website. Catherine with a K, pretty, spelled P R I D D Y dot co dot UK. It's CatherinePretty.co.uk. Uh, you should also go and check out some of her videos on her YouTube channel. Uh, in particular, check out Wolf, in which Catherine dons a hoodie and a baseball bat, puts loads of sort of uh, trinkety, precious porcelain type things in a suitcase, takes it the way across Birmingham and proceeds to then smash the shit out of it. Yeah, it's badass, basically, if I could describe it in a word. Also go and check out uh, Letters from a Travelling Man. Uh, I think it's directed by Thomas Wagstaff and has one or two cameos in there. I think R. John Webb, a previous guest of this podcast, is in there. So go and check it out, and please go and support Catherine as much as you can. Go and check her out when uh, things open up again and she's playing live. She is well worth the ticket money. Okay, that's all from me. Thank you very much for joining me. Don't forget to sign up to the Patreon to get some extra bonus questions with Catherine. That's patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at dreamfestpod and on the Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash dreamfestpod. My thanks go to Richard Farmer for the artwork, to Jane Powell for the music and to the Brum Radio Podcast channel for hosting. I will be back next time where my guests will be author and guitarists for the band Fabrique. It's Mr. Sean Hand. But until then, remember, if you book them, they will come. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.